Hey everybody, it's Dave here, Darren over there. We're your two old bloggers, been doing this for over two decades apiece publicly. Yeah, we're your old timers, and we're going to go over this week's happenings in Vikings land, give our commentary on it, and do a little bit of a deep diving. Today, we're starting off with our three themes. The first one's going to be, hey, we got an A. <laughs> is the NFL players, <laughs> NFL Players Association report card, and uh, where they took three hundred or thirteen hundred players, and they voted on what's the best facilities, what's the best, all sorts of things, teams to play for. The Vikings topped that list. Secondly, we're continuing our State of the Vikings segments. We're finishing up the offense today. The only we had one group left to go, and that is the quarterbacks. Not that there's any controversy there. We <laughs> have to go over to quarterbacks. And thirdly, we're going to talk about Quazy and his presser at the Combine. Because like all GMs, he got up there and talked. Did he say a whole lot? Well, that's up to debate. And then, of course, can you read between the lines? My buddy Darren's going to do just that next on Two Old Blocks. Climbing the Pocket, Baby Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents Two Old Bloggers. Starting now. Hey, everybody, it's Dave here, Darren over there. We're your Two Old Bloggers. And as we normally start, how are things up in the Great White North there, Darren? Sunny and not freezing cold, Dave, so I will take it. And also, hey, always, always cool. good Saturday when we get to talk Vikings football with everybody, too. It is. And down here, spring is springing, and all the pollens are starting to come out, and my allergies are starting to act up again. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the weather is good, and there's tons of stuff to talk about. We have Combine sure on our TVs watching that. And we'll get into part of that today. It's going to be a good day. But first off, I want to say hello to everybody who's joined us so far today. Purple and Gold, Raymond, Robert. I'm sure Mary's going to show up at some time. She was going to try. We have Mr. Wor or My Worthless Opinion. Davey Chains is here. And Michael Harrington. Thank you all. And there's Aaron. Aaron from Austin with me. Yes, it's a beautiful day. Um, we're all joining to have a good time. Hey, Michael, as we get ready to talk your Minnesota Vikings, and we're going into theme one next. And for theme one, we have... That's theme two. Let's switch. Drum roll here for the yeah, graphics. Dave could get his act together. We'd be all right. Dave's always got his act together. On We're stuff. number one. Yeah, baby. Yes. That's right, Dave. Early free agency gift that the Vikings got this week uh, because the NFL Players Association, Howdy GMAC, uh, they uh, came out with their first ever free agency report card. And uh, where they, again, as you mentioned in the preview show, 
they uh, served, got 1,300 player, NFL players uh, and uh, surveyed them on eight topics. You got them right up there, treatment of families, right on down to travel arrangements. And the Vikings, uh, the lowest rank, grade they got for any of those topics was an A-, and they ended up finishing up number one, uh, the top team as far as the free agency report card in the NFLPA's uh first ever report card. Uh, and because it's the first ever, if any of us are uh, interested in, uh, I think we all were, as like what uh, NFL players or what the Vikings players thought of, of these things under Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, you're not going to find out. <laughs> because <laughs> the, the, this well, is the oh, well, there's a little hint later in a quote yes, that is there. There is. Yes. That is true. But, uh, you know, this seems like, a, you know, very good news and it couldn't come at a better time for the Vikings because free agency is coming up on starts officially on March 15th. And this is going to be fresh in free agents minds and their agents minds uh, as as we're leading up to the, you know, that big part of the NFL year. Um, so it seems like a pretty uh, you know awesome thing for the Vikings, Dave. Uh, I guess the, the questions really are. Uh, and first off, the guy in that picture, I think. Let's t- talk about some kudos. The, you know, the Vikings' main owners, Ziggy and Mark Wilf, I think deserve a lot of uh, a bit of applause um, for you know uh, you, using the resources, a lot of it that financial to to you know investing in the Vikings' state of the art facilities, uh, so that players feel that when they come to Minnesota, they're going to they've got the resources they need to be the best players that they can be. And the, the Wilfs have done that. The Wilfs are also the ones that, of course, pulled the trigger on firing Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer last year mm-hmm. and hiring Kwesi Adofa Mensa as the GM and Kevin O'Connell as the head, the head coach. And when those two guys got there, they talked about, and they talked about it a lot, about developing a different culture than what was here previously, a player-centric culture that where players really loved coming to work and felt valued. And uh, it appears from this free agency report card that those two guys knocked that out of the park in year one. Uh, so a lot of great, great stuff there in that free agency report card. We saw it this year with the hiring of Brian Flores. Flores came up. He had two head coaching jobs he was still waiting on hearing from. But it was, no, I like it here. This is the right fit. I love the environment. I've got everything I need. I love the people working with it, the vibe they've got going. I'm going to do that. If that's Mike Flores, who could have been up for a head coaching gig, it's going to go the same way with players. Now, granted, there's all sorts of other things players are going to want, money, and we'll get into some of the other restrictions on what cost players to. But there's always, when everything is equal, they're going to go to the better spot. Do you want to work in a place that's absolutely miserable? I've done that before. It sucks, mm. right? <laughs> you want to work in some place that you feel valued, that you feel empowered, that's treating you right, that gives you anything you ever want, need, or desire in the way of the best facilities out there. It's got to be a draw. And I would bet Players even take less just to stay there and be part of this. Yeah, and 
you know, the, the factors that uh, players take into account when they're, when they're, you know, deciding on where they want to play next, when they're a free, free agent, uh, eligible to be a free agent. I, I always think money is the biggest factor, duh. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's money. Uh, weather can be a factor because I think a lot of players uh, would prefer to live in a place where it's warm year round, like say Tampa Bay or Miami or Los Angeles, than more of a cold weather city like Minneapolis, where you you do have winter winter and, and fall, <laughs> a real winter. <laughs> you, you, yes, you get the four seasons, right? And and the, and winter as part of that. Uh, but uh, and even like the taxes you, you were talking about, it, Dave. Even the taxes that states charge. Uh, can impact, you know, make a, a player's decision on where they want to go. Florida doesn't have a state income tax, I understand, uh, whereas Minnesota is considered like a high stack, uh, mm-hmm. tax it state. Is. So those are all things. But but like you were saying earlier, money and weather, it ain't everything. And a lot of these players have families. Uh, you know, uh, one of the topics was how, uh, you know, treatment of players' families. Well, a lot of these players have families. Those family members are very important to them. And you know, they want to, when they're going somewhere, I think they, they're, it's pretty important to them that their family members are treated well by their employer. Uh, so I think that's a big factor. And the Vikings finished second overall uh, in, in the survey on how they treated player families. Um, the, the training staff or the staff that you have working with you, that's a big deal because players want to believe that when they go somewhere, they're going to get staff that can make them the best player again that they can be. Again, the Vikings ranked very highly in that in this report card, as they did in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the facilities, state, you know, weight room, everything. It was all A's, A pluses, A minuses. And then even training, when it goes down to training staff, Dave, mm-hmm. as a player, if you can't, if you're not healthy, like Mike Zimmer used to say, you can't make the club if you're in the tub. If you, if you can't stay healthy, you're going to get replaced pretty quickly. And if you get bad advice and poor treatment from the training team's training staff, that's going to end your career potentially and hurt your earning potential, obviously. And, uh, and the Vikings, it seemed like a, from that report card, it was mentioned specifically, uh, the Vikings ex-trainer, Eric Sugarman, it appears that he was not well-liked by a lot of <laughs> Vikings players. And Kevin O'Connell got rid of him. But they really like Terrell Williams, who's now the director of player performance and whatever they called. And then Uriah Myrie is the, is the main trainer now. And they seem to love him and think that those two guys do everything they possibly can to give, give the players the best treatment so that, that they're healthy uh, mentally, physically, and that uh, when they're ready to go and play. And we saw this year, the Vikings were one of the healthiest teams in the NFL all year long. Uh, so, like you said, all things being equal or relatively equal, then you're going to look at a player is going to look at factors like how my family is treated, how good is the weight room, how good is the food I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting right. fed at the, at the facility, like travel wise, like are, are we giving me enough time to get the rest and get me back so I can get rested for the next week? And are you giving staff. me a seat big enough? You know, yes. I love the big round bellies, and you're talking to a man that's. Six foot six, weighs 300, 350 pounds. You squeeze that into a Southwest seat and it's like this. And uh, even at my size, it's like this. And you take somebody that's 100 pounds more than me and it's, it's, mm -mm. and there are teams that do that. And it's just ridiculous. Uh, They want first class size seats. And the Wolves have given it to them. 
They charter mm-hmm. when it comes to flying, it's Delta. When they went to England, it was two airplanes. They were able to lay down and sleep. I mean, all that stuff matters. Quality of life. It's it's a big, big deal. And uh, it's one of the reasons we heard, and deviating off subject this week, Doogie's talking about how Patrick Peterson wants to stay, and we're hearing words that the Vikings want Patrick Peterson to stay. And especially when you look at the report card of what was down in Arizona, which is a total trash mess, versus the Vikings, I can understand that. I can understand why I said, yeah, I'll stay and I'll take four million, right? Versus whatever it is. And it's stuff like that that can make the difference season to season and hopefully, especially hopefully in the long run. That's right, Dave. And and I think that, like you said, like you said, like all things being equal, if the money, I, what this report card says to me, uh, we'll have to try. I think it, this is something we'll have to see this year, how much of a difference it makes, or it might be hard to tell. But if you, but if, if the money is pretty similar between Minnesota and another destination or another couple of destinations, I think this report card helps them uh, clinch the deal for the Vikings on free agents. Now we know right now we don't, we're not going to have the salary cap that like a divisional rival like Chicago is going to have or some of the other teams. But what I think that this makes me confident in is that the Vikings are doing things, a lot of things right off the field that if we're not going to lose out on a player that we really, really want because this, the word of this is going to get around and because we're treating players uh, we're we've got we're treating players right. We're treating players the way they expect to be treated, and uh, and we have their best interests in mind. It appears, and 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 that's coming in a profession where that's not always the case on every team. No, there are some teams that treat their players as commodities. The Washington football team, the Commanders. Yes. It's always been known that you know. The owner will fly in his, on his helicopter, call over his stars to meet with whatever friends he has, and then fly back off. That they're just mm-hmm. here. This is what I have. Isn't it pretty? And then they disregard after that, right? And they were ranked one of the worst stadiums and facilities yes, around. That is how some of these owners treat their, uh, you know, their property, and it's their property and their assets. They do that. It was what? Carolina was the one with the rat problems, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had mentioned the Cardinals. They had some issues. We know Cleveland has relatively new stuff. I'm curious how it ranked. I didn't look. Somebody had asked about that. Davey, no topless cheerleaders. Um, but, yes, with Washington, that's an accusation. There's um, – <laughs> the love boat will run soon. I I don't know about that, Robert, but it's funny. Um, it's it's all that comes together, and it makes this a desirable place to work and play. And we know Minnesota is a good environment to bring up a family, and mm-hmm. especially the older vets when we're talking free agents, a lot of them do have kids and want to bring up a family. So it is a good thing. But yes, you're a hundred percent correct about the cap space, and I have the. Over to cap numbers up there right now. The Vikings, as of today, have to get down below the cap by the 15th, and they're going to want to get down well below it so they have room to spend some money. And there's going to be a lot of decisions that are going to have to happen to make that be the case. 
We'll discuss some of them today. And uh, there's going to be a lot of that coming up, going on. That's one of the things that takes place at the Combine behind closed doors and over at the bars and the Waffle House and wherever they meet. Uh, they're discussing those sort of things. And uh, there's been some comments here already about, uh, you know, uh, and, and it should be a concern about the Vikings cap space, and they haven't really done much to done anything to really shave off any of that yet. But uh, a lot of other teams haven't either. <laughs> so No, they're going to wait to the last minute. Yeah, they're not going to tip their hands. They're going to wait to the last minute. See, they're going to weigh everything that's possible that could happen, and then the best route to go. And then at the last minute, they're going to make decisions. It's just like prepping for a final exam where you don't do shit all semester long, but in the last forty-eight hours, you're pulling all-nighters and you're cramming to get that stuff done. That's that's sort of the way the sports work. on all teams, they all do it. Unless you're like the Bears and you got half your salary cap allotment is available for free agents. And you can almost guarantee they will screw that up. Um, I'm, I'm banking on it. <laughs> we'll find out. That brings us to the end of theme one. And what's at the end of theme one? But Lewis's and that's badass wood art, right? And, of course, we tell you every single week, if you use the promo code CTPOCKET, you can get 20% off that first piece. Now, I'm going to show you that first piece I want. Lewis posted this earlier in the week, and I absolutely fell in love. He cut this out. It was 34 inside cuts, and nothing broke. This right there of that longboat, I think would look great sitting in my, I have a mini library. We turned a dining room into a library because I love books. Would sit on a library shelf. It would look great hanging behind me, right? On the wall. I just noticed my Christmas lights are still up. I need to take those down. Anyway, <laughs> um, this to me is absolutely gorgeous. Any of you out there that want this, Go to the That's Badass Wood Art website. You see the address there. Put in an order and say, Lewis, climb in the pocket, sent me. I'm going to use CT Pocket. I got to have that longboat. And uh, make him busy making that longboat because it's absolutely gorgeous. It is. Mm-hmm. That brings us to theme two. <laughs> This is where we get to talk quarterbacks. Oh boy, we do. Like you, it's our. Uh, we've been doing uh, positional, uh, looking at p- different positional units on the Vikings, Dave, for about a month now. Uh, started with the offense, and now we're into the final positional unit of the offense, the quarterbacks, which is always the most fun to talk about, and uh, the one that usually creates the most. Um, uproar, controversy, debate um, amongst Vikings fans. So, ready to get at it. (laughs) Well, just to let everybody know, Darren picked out the pictures he wanted on this slide. So, whether it be Kellen Mond or Anthony Richardson there in the bottom, blame it on Darren. (laughs) Yes. Well, like, like the quarterback position, talking about it, 
kind of starts and ends with with Kirk Cousins, and because uh, he's he's back in 2023, and uh, how much longer beyond that? Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a bit l- l- later on. But um, Kirk Cousins is going to be the starter. He'll be back for six years as a starter with the Vikings, which is a pretty long run for the Vikings in recent years, uh, about as long as as, as Pepper Culpepper had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and before and so he's created stability at at the position right now. Uh, and interesting because 2022 for Cousins was like a pretty great year for him. Uh, statistically wise, he didn't produce any better and maybe a little worse than he had in previous year, years with the Vikings. And we've talked about that on previous shows. But perception wise, I think it was a it was a great year for Kirk Cousins. Uh, for a number of reasons, uh, he had a whole quite led quite a few comebacks to the Vikings, and that got him a little bit of grudging respect nationally, with even within the Vikings fandom of being a, a clutch player, something he did not have a reputation for before last year, really. Um, Except for the last play of the playoff game, yes, yeah, yeah. That I mean, there was that. Um, we uh, we we know that. Um, Team-wise, uh, for for Kirk, he really seemed a lot more comfortable and uh, more at ease with his role as being one of the faces of the franchise, one of the main spokespersons for the team, the number one quarterback, uh, the guy that everybody's looking to and blaming, uh, either praising or blaming for <laughs> for what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked like he was having more fun. He was taking more risks, I think, on the field, more willing to – if to throw to guys, particularly Justin Jefferson, uh, on contested catches, 50-50 balls, that types of things, uh, which I thought was a real positive for him. Mm-hmm. And and we know we all know about the, the Kirko Chains uh, nickname he got, the bare-chested plane ride home with the chains on him. Uh, again, and his teammates really seemed to embrace this side of Kirk, and they really got behind him last year, which was something that hadn't always been the case in Minnesota in his previous four years. And, and also, and also the team went 13 and four, they won. (laughs) And that's always going to cut you a lot of slack. And even though Cousins statistically wasn't any better really than previous years, you know, he was a big reason why the Vikings were 13 and four. Now the Um, issue I have, and it was on that statistics slide is he's going to be 35. Yeah. And 35 seems to be that wonderful magical number when quarterbacks fall off the hill. Up here, I have the statistics of when a QB either retired or started the major declining in their careers. And you can see these are big-name quarterbacks, right? Yep. These are guys that Kirk Cousins would have to hold their jock straps for, right? (laughs) Kirk Cousins has never ranked or been as important as these individuals. And you can see the average age is right around 35 years old. So there's a worry there um, that has to be taken into account. And I think when we get later into theme three, it just may have been. But this is my biggest worry is that his normal number stats went down. Now, the rest of his game went up big time. Uh, thank yeah. Kevin O'Connell for that. He got out of his head. He wasn't vapor locking like I used to say um, on a lot of plays, and he was throwing clutch and he was taking chances, all except for that last play in the playoffs. 
<laughs> but he did that. He made the advancement, and I appreciate that, and I applaud him for it. But I do worry about this number, and I worry about if you say, yes, let's extend him long term, well, are we really shooting ourselves in the foot over that if he falls off the cliff this year completely, or do we trade him now when we know that most likely normal human beings, and I'm not talking Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the outlier by far. Normal human beings start to fall off the cliff at quarterback at this age, and most of the quarterbacks. We're only talking good quarterbacks, right? Relatively good quarterbacks do this. Every other quarterback's usually gone by now, right? They're usually out of the league. They're lucky if they're in a backup position. That's what worries me about Kirk and what the Vikings plan on doing. And it's right here, and it's because of his age. Does he take care of his body? Yes, for the most part he does. But does he take a lot of hits? As on the stat slide we showed, he's one of the biggest ones getting sacks. And sacks, folks, are not all the offensive line's fault. I know people around Vikings Twitter sphere and the Vikings sphere, Vikings land, all like to blame the offensive line, but it's not always, always on the offensive line. It's also on the quarterback and his wide receivers getting open. There's a bunch of things that go into that. Uh, Aaron says long-term does not equal uh, – Super Bowl, we need mobility. Aaron, I agree with you. I do not disagree either, but part of this looking at positional units, David, is is trying is me right. not talking about what I would like the Vikings to do, but what I think they're it's going to do. What is actual. <laughs> yeah, which is a big guess for me. But but uh, Aaron was talking about trade for Lance. Uh, well, I, you know, I don't see that happening. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of talk or some talk about that in January, but that was before uh, it was learned that Brock Purdy probably isn't getting Tommy John surgery, that uh, that he's he's going to be back. in. Uh, yeah, Kyle, well, it's not 100%, but Kyle Shanahan said in his presser back after the season was over that it didn't look like Purdy was getting Tommy John surgery. And if he was going to get it, he, he, it would have already happened, I think. <laughs> you, yeah, you, know, you would like, want to get it as soon as possible. As soon as the swelling went down, you'd want to get it. Yeah. If that was so the he, case. He was, he was saying that Purdy was going to be back like in time for training camp and that sort of thing. Uh, so with, if Purdy's back, there's, there's no trade happening for Kirk Cousins. And even, even, even if, it's even if it's still possible, you don't know. They've already stated about publicly that San Francisco wants a veteran quarterback to back up whoever they've got starting, whether it's Purdy hey. or Lance. Well, there's lots of veterans who are available in free agency. Well, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. none of them have the love affair of. No, Kirk that's Cousins. true. But but if you're if you're again, I'm, I'm dreaming. Getting, I know I'm dreaming. You are got to agree to any trade. We can't just do it willy nilly. So I just don't think that the the, the trade I think is not going to happen. Uh, Tom Pelissero tweeted this week that a one year extension, which would have been kind of my second preferred option. Is probably not in the cards. Pelissero is usually in the know. Uh, when he tweets something out, you got to take it seriously. So if that isn't on the table, the Vikings have two options. 
I think, and I'm discounting the trade, but they'd have two options. They let Kirk play it out this year and then, then they cut him loose in 2024, or they look to extend him longer for like two or three years. I think the Vikings with Kwesi Dofamensa, looking at the fact that they don't really have a succession plan, somebody ready to go in 2024, I think they're going to try the, the longer-term extension. I don't like that, but I think that's what they're going to do. And uh, try I to see they're going to – that's I, yeah. Well, hey, uh, that's it's good to disagree about these things because <laughs> everybody's got a got a lot of good opinions and ideas on it, and it's all just our opinions. But I, I think that they're going to take the gamble, like you said. Kirk has taken very good care of his body. He's been extremely durable during his career. I think mm-hmm. that they're going to take a, a, a they're going to take a calculated risk that when in twenty twenty five or twenty twenty four when he's when he's thirty seven or thirty eight that he won't be Matt Ryan that he will be still be reasonably the Kirk Cousins that we see now, and that by building up the rest of the team, that they can get to where they want to be, which is the Super Bowl. I don't think that's going to work, but I think that's where they're going to go. And we know that Kevin O'Connell speaks very, very highly <laughs> of Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he, he loves him. So you got to throw that into the account either. Well, we'll that's see. I like I said, I disagree. I don't think they're going to offer him a long-term extension. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that happens. I hope that is what I, I think transpires. the Wilfs hired <laughs> Quasi and Kevin O'Connell to find the next quarterback. I think Kirk Cousins, I think we saw him max out on his ability this year, this last year, and he's doing nothing but getting older. And so I don't see that. I see him letting him play this year and then running it out versus giving him a three or four five-year extension, which would be absolutely asinine, um, and it would hamstring them. Just because these guys were hired to find the next quarterback. Kirk Cousins can't be it. I think he's maxed out his ceiling. Is he good? Yes. I'm not saying he's not good. He has been good. Can he get us to that next level? into the NFC Championship and going to the Super Bowl and hopefully winning the Super Bowl, I don't see that happening. He hasn't demonstrated it throughout his career. I don't see it happening now since he's getting older. And most of you out there are not spring chickens. And you know (laughs) what happens when it gets older. Things start to hurt, right, that you didn't even know you had before. So, um... And football's a rough sport, and it does take a lot of hits. I don't think it's prudent for the Vikings to give a long-term extension. My dream scenario is they find a quarterback this year, and they sit behind him and train him and let him play out his contract and let him go off. Kurt, mm-hmm. on the other hand, and his agent, Hall of Fame agent, should get there. The man oh, makes yeah. his money. Um, Kurt... There's word coming out from his agent that they want to be market value. And they're basing market value on the fact that the Giants QB is asking for $45 million a year. There's no way we can pay $45 million a year, especially with Justin Jefferson's contract being such a big deal coming up, right? And one thing we didn't talk about in the presser is how much both Kevin O'Connell and Quasi talked about Justin Jefferson and how he figures into things. What is Justin Jefferson saying? Who does he want to throw the ball to? Yes, he loved Kirk Cousins throwing him the ball 
So far, it's got him his yards that he's gotten so far. But does he want to move on? I think all that's going to play into oh, yes. the final decision as to what happens long-term with Kirk Cousins. For right now, he is the only quarterback on our roster, period. We've mm-hmm. got to find at least two more, three by the time camps are comes around because you usually want four so you have that extra camp arm right to evaluate and you might cycle some of those guys in and out just to uh, get passes to all the wide receivers and stuff but it is they've got to make a decision either that or they're going to die by their decision and I don't think they were brought in here to do that I think they were brought in here to find the next guy and I look forward to seeing who that is. I know who I want, but it looks <laughs> unfortunate. But we'll get into that momentarily. We we will, yes. Uh, like you're talking about beyond Kirk Cousins, who's going to be uh, there. Um, and last year, of course, Nick Mullins was the backup guy. We traded the, to Las Vegas to get him. He's a free agent now, so the Vikings would have to resign him. But uh, – I would be very happy if the Vikings did bring him back as the backup quarterback. Uh, he didn't play much last year, but when he did, I thought he played well. You've got his 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 stats up there. Again, very limited playing time. But uh, Mullins is like the perfect backup quarterback for the Vikings when you've got Kirk Cousins on your roster because he's got a lot of playing a starter experience with his time with the 49ers. He played a lot in two seasons that he was there. Uh, he's, he's a guy who's, uh, he's, and you know, he's, he's accurate uh, and he's not going to be a threat to Kirk Cousins starting position. He's clearly a backup at this stage. And if heaven forbid, Kirk Cousins gets hurt and misses a game or two for whatever reason, Mullins can come in there and he can win you those games or give you the chance to win those games. Unlike if you had Sean Mannion as your backup the previous year, you got no shot of winning those games with Mannion in there. Or, or but Kellen he was Long. a good support. Yeah, th- that's right. Yeah. So uh, if if the Vikings can find a way to, to bring Mullins back on a one-year deal again, r- roughly around, I think his valuation on over the cap for last year was uh, $1.2 million or something like that. Well, and it'll uh, be around $2 million this yeah. year. And $2 million yeah. for a backup is quite reasonable. I'm cool with that. So I'd love to. I'd I'd be very quite happy if they brought Nick Mullins back. It remains to be seen whether he wants to be back or maybe he wants to try another place where he might have a little bit more opportunity to start. That always throws in there. There's lots of veteran QBs who are free agents right now uh, of varying levels, but Mullins would be a guy that you know I'd be happy to have back. We'll see if that happens, but he'd be my preferred option as a backup right now, based on what I saw last year and based on on the on the on. On, on the state of the quarterback situation right now. Um, the lack of a succession uh, plan for Kirk Cousins, who, like you said, is 35, going to be 35, or he is 35 now. He's going to be 35 uh, by the time the season starts. Yeah. Uh, you know, that worries me. I think that worries every Vikings fan. There's been lots of discussion on, on the show about that right now. But, uh, you you know, some potentials. This quarterback class – um, a few commenters are talking about how they love this quarterback class. Uh, this week, or maybe it was last week, uh, Dave, you and Tyler Fornis on the Real Forner show, Tyler made a case for the Vikings, you know, how he really likes Anthony Richardson, the guy pictured here from Florida, and that he would love to see the Vikings get him as the next guy. Um, 
And hey, uh, he's my dream. Yeah, I just let um, you know. Today I have been crying in my whiskey because <laughs> he has been at the combine today. Today is the day the quarterbacks did their agility <laughs> drills, and he has absolutely, positively killed it. Yeah. He is going to move up that draft board. Something terrible. He's probably going to be the first quarterback off the board. He is six foot four and either a quarter inch or a half inch. He weighs 245 pounds. He ran a 4-4-4-40 today. He set the record at a um, vertical jump of 40 inches, 40 and a half inches off the ground. That's amazing. His 10 split came down, first 10 split came down at 1.6 seconds or something ungodly like that. He is at the 100th percentile at the broad jump. He is at the 100th percentile at the vertical jump. He set the record on that one. He tied it for the broad jump. He is just blowing everybody away. And with that, the combine is used to confirm your priors. Mm -hmm. So if you watch all the film during the year, and he does have some flaws, but you do watch all the film during the year, and you look, right, how does he throw the ball? Well, he's got a nuclear cannon, big John yes. cannon for an arm. The guy can throw it a mile, and he throws it hard. He can run. He's mobile. We talked about mobile quarterbacks. Some of the folks up there said we need a mobile quarterback. Raymond talks about built like Culpepper. <laughs> I even sent messages. He's like Culpepper, but better with a higher upside. And it's just, I, I would love to have him on the team. I think Kevin O'Connell could work wonders and train him up, refine the, the throwing mechanics and the movement and so all that stuff, the, the quarterback stuff. And all how that works because the rest of it is so damn good. I mean, it's record setting. He is yeah. literally at the top. You've got to be able to do that. Whether it be Josh Allen in Buffalo, Josh Allen came out and and we had some argument earlier about well, you, you can't base your draft pick on what you see in the combine. You know, you got to go on the previous priors. Well, Josh Allen didn't look great. He had some talent, but he didn't look great out of Boise, right? Well, they came in and Dayball, Wyoming, um, Dayball fixed him up, and now he's one of the best in the in the league, right? And he's a premier franchise quarterback. I think Richardson can be the same thing. The problem is, I think Richardson's going to be the first quarterback off the board now. Um. I think he certainly isn't getting to 23. And, no, and he he's even, not going he to drop to 23, barring something outrageous happening. He's not going to drop to 23. So we we can't sit and wait if we want him. They are going to have to trade the farm to get him. Will they? I don't know that they will. It doesn't. No. In one way, it makes sense. In the other, it doesn't. One, if you find that guy, quarterback's the most, most important position in sports, right? Of all sports, if you find that guy, you can set up for a decade or more, right, that you are competitive. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. 
look at um what even what happened if you want to go back to Brady. Um when Brady came in the first time, he sucked at the beginning, but then he turned into the GOAT. You can if you find that guy, and we haven't had that guy for a, as a long-term franchise quarterback since Fran Tarkington, right? When I was a kid watching football, <laughs> right? We could say Culpepper was, but Culpepper lasted, what, five, six years before his knee blew up? We hoped Teddy was until Teddy's knee blew up. And uh, we haven't had one since. Kirk Cousins is a nice quarterback. He's a good quarterback. But is he that quarterback, and especially coming into age 35, not a chance. We need to find his replacement, and the sooner the better. If I had my dream wish, just like dreaming to win the lottery, it would be this man over there, Anthony Richardson. Yes, uh, he is an enticing talent, even though his 54% completion percentage in college scares the shit out of me. But uh, you got to remember, part of that's the quarterback and part of that's the receivers. True, true. Um, but, the, you know, one thing they say you can't fix or follows a, a player uh, is their completion percentage as a quarterback. Now, Josh Allen, as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. his completion percentage, that was the big concern with him coming out of Wyoming. And that has not been an issue. <laughs> but basically, his rookie year, he was inaccurate, but he's really improved since then. Uh, but, yeah, Richardson. But, I, I like, Dave, I don't know, like, our a, we don't have the draft capital right now, unless we were to trade future picks to to get a guy to move oh, up to, we into the top five. To. Yeah, to move into and, the top five still, or whatever it's going to take. Is Chicago going to trade with the Vikings? Because that may no. be what it takes to get him. Because you know, surely at number two, somebody's going to go for him. It's, well, certainly. But I don't know. You know. Like Richardson is your go-to guy, but th- there's fun. other people too. C.J. Yeah, Stroud, was. Bryce Young, Will Levis. Levis uh, had a good is, day today too. He was bombing down the field. Yeah. Well, yeah. Arm, arm strength is not an issue for him either. But the problem with the Vikings is, of course, is that there's at least eight teams that I counted uh, that need a quarterback before the Vikings pick at 23. You've got to leap. So even even if it, even. Like even those other guys, they're not going to get to you either, unless right. Bryce Young drops 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 a ton because he's not even five eleven now; he's five ten. But maybe the Russell Wilson thing, people don't worry about that anymore. Anyway, I, I guess this is a long way of saying it's a great debate. Is that uh, you know the, the succession plan? The Vikings, I think, need to start doing it now. Uh, they need to look at, I think, drafting a quarterback in this draft. And I'm I'm, I'm quite confident that Kwesi Dofamensa is going to do some trading. We're not going to just have five picks in this draft. We're going to accumulate more. And uh, it, more of those will be later in the draft. But I think the Vikings are – they should be taking a shot at a quarterback in this draft. I don't think it's going to happen in the first round. Although if they were to get somebody like Richardson, I'm not going to complain. But, you know, somebody you could consider a little bit later is the guy we've got pictured up here. If you want to take shots every draft or every other draft at a guy, somebody like Clayton Toon might be your kind of guy uh, because he, he – look at him. He's like great, very good size, 6'3", 215 pounds. He, uh, he's, he's, he's a guy who's, who's mobile. He's not like, a, like an Anthony Richardson, a dual threat guy, but he's a guy – you picture him like, kind of like Brock Purdy in a way who let, who's got enough legs to avoid the rush – and make plays with his legs if he has to. He's not a statue. 
So that's good. Uh, at his last, he's got a ton of college playing experience. And, and particularly his last two years at Houston, he killed it. He threw for over 3,500 yards his last two years, both years, 70 passing touchdowns combined, including 40 last year. Uh, and again, a ton of playing experience. So he's an experienced guy. He's still only 23. So he's not as old as some of these other dudes that are even in the right, draft. They're coming out. Yeah. Uh, and he's kind of projected to go in the fourth or fifth round range. Uh, and he's a guy that he's not probably not ready to start right away, but you know, he could learn under cousins for a year, be ready to go in 2024 or maybe 2025. He can learn, develop under Kevin O'Connell uh, and Wes Phillips and get that, you know, get the experience, get the co- get coached up and he's ready to go in year two or year three. And I do um, believe other- we have that perfect setup, that perfect nurturing setup to bring in somebody to have him learn behind Kirk. Kirk's very meticulous. They can learn all the that stuff. Mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connell, Wes Phillips, the QB coach, and you know, to coddle them as they grow and to get ready for that follow-on. I think I think we have the perfect setup for that. I'm all for and, that. And if somewhere down the road, we need to get we need to get, like I said, three quarterbacks. We have Kirk Cousins. We need a backup. Hopefully that's Nick Mullins. We need a third guy on there to be the QB3, and we need a fourth camp arm somewhere along the line. And hopefully they develop something like that. And and Toon is, uh, you know, it could, there's other guys. There's Jaron Hall from Brigham Young University, Herndon Hooker from, from Tennessee, Jay Kaner from Fresno State. Uh, there's a bunch of guys who kind of fall into that. Uh, day two, day three uh, draft scenario that the Vikings can take a flyer on and 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 draft and develop them, and not because you're not a, you don't have to start them right away. You can give them a year or two of of work under Kevin O'Connell to learn the game, learn learn the speed of the game, and get coached up and be ready to go a, a, a little bit later. Then again, they don't have to be your immediate starter. You're not expecting them to be the immediate starter. They don't have all that pressure on them right from the get-go. There's lots of good things in place in Minnesota to take a, a de- developmental guy like Clayton Tune and and take a shot on him. And it, and also because they're drafted a little bit later, it doesn't uh, rule out picking a, a guy early in the 2024 draft as your quarterback of the future. That's possible. To take another shot when you maybe you've got more draft picks and and maybe you've got a, a slightly better draft position. Uh, we never want the Vikings to be the picking number one in the draft because that means their season was terrible. But uh, but but you know, yeah. But stuff happens anyway. Unless we get uh, it via some sort of trade, I'm cool. I'm you know something like that. Raymond, you talked about um, we have limited draft picks. Yes, we do. If if you were going to move up, you're going to expend some of those or future ones. But if you find that guy, like Patrick Mahomes type, you'd gladly give up three first round draft choice is draft choices if you've got Patrick Mahomes. And I would be more than willing to give up a year of mediocrity while he sits and learns and then comes and takes over. And then we have the next 10 years of Super Bowl, Super Bowl, championship, championship, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I'd do that in a heartbeat. I'd give it up in a heartbeat. But you've got to nail it, and you've got to have the right people behind you to make sure that works. They did in Kansas City. 
We think they do here in Minnesota. But you got to take the chance. Now, yes, we need draft choices because we need to rebuild that defense, something terrible. And we'll see what happens. That's what makes this time of year so exciting. We don't know. We hope to get little bits and glimmers of it. And we'll get into that when Quasi talks here in the third theme. But you wanted to talk about the final decision is up. They got to make a decision on Kirk. What's when's that end date on Kirk going to be? Do we know? Well, if if my prediction being they're going to extend him a little bit longer than maybe we would like, would say that uh, it, it's going to be a little bit longer when he's he's thirty seven or so. But uh, I, you know, that's the kind that's the kind of there's there's no right or wrong answer. There's opinions, Dave. But but again, we know we you've seen it out there. You showed the slide. The risks of hanging on to a quarterback after he's when he's thirty five and older, uh, they they just start to decline. Is Kirk Cousins going to be one of those outliers like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Tom Brady, like a Drew Brees? You wouldn't expect that, but he's kept very good care of his body. Maybe he can keep the arm strength where, where it is right now and still be effective. I wouldn't bet on that myself, but the, the point is that it, it's a difficult – the Vikings are in a difficult position because they don't have a young guy right now that's an obvious successor, and that's where the Kellen Mond miss – in the third round a couple of years ago really hurts now because if he had been what we were hoping he'd be, he'd be ready to start in 2023. <laughs> but instead we cut him in after when I don't he showed that he was still playing anymore. Well, yeah. I think he's with the, with the Browns on their practice squad or something, but, um, but yeah, he, he just wasn't the answer, but, uh, but, and that's unfortunate that set us back from that succession plan. And that's made us uh, do things like, extend cousins last year that extra year and and brought us into this kind of uh kind of quarterback limbo where you're like well you know we really don't want to extend kirk cousins long term but do we have any other choice well, maybe i we hate don't. being in that position absolutely hate yeah, it. and that's and that's where we are mm-hmm. jonathan put up yeah we need somebody like burrow somebody that can run mobile with our offensive line yes and those type of guys and those type of guys that know how to use their offensive line and help their offensive line improves the offensive line scores. Those guys get better and they grow at the same time. Jonathan, I'm all for it. I agree with you 100%. That brings us to the end of theme two, discussing quarterbacks. Like I said, the only one we have on contract right now is that gentleman over there, Kirk Cousins. So there's got to be something happening on the quarterback front, starting with free agency and into the draft. Somewhere in there, it's going to happen. So stay tuned. (laughs) Yes, Aaron, extending is boring. That brings us to, however, our favorite time time of the show. We're both wearing our hats today. (laughs) I talked to Matt Lang this morning. The Brewmeister at Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul, right across the river in from Minneapolis. Wonderful, wonderful beer. He wants to introduce a new one they have on tap. It is a Key Lime Pie Ale. Now, mm. I can tell you right now, I love me some Key Lime Pie. Who doesn't? 
Uh, I've lived in the South, in and out of the South long enough. Key lime pie is absolutely outstanding. Well, this is key lime pie ale. It's got a 4.9% ABV. It is brewed with a biscuity type crust malt base. It's got key lime juice in it, lime zest, a hint of vanilla, and lactose. Lactose is there to make it that creamy sort of type sensation. Tart and drinkable summer sipper, right? Well, it's not quite summer yet in Minnesota, but like the themes that have gone over for the last few weeks, Matt seems to be in that summer mood. And on tap, we have our key lime pie ale, which is new. Yes, Aaron, that's a little low alcohol for us, but that's a straight um, ale. We have the Just mango. means you can drink more of them. Yeah, <laughs> um, and pee a lot more at our age. Yeah. Um, mango guavo sour, the hot apple ale, if you're still cold, and raspberry sours, right? Now, those are generally sour beers, tart, good refreshing, except for the hot apple ale, which is a good war- heartwarming type. It's cold outside type ale, but in the pints, they now have rare species version 4.0, and rare species is good. Oh, man, is it good. It's up there, Aaron. It's at 6.5. You got your normal Como Claw, their award-winning, award-winning Como Claw Pilsner, Empty Rowboat, another great IPA, Last Fathom, Midnight Rowboat, Midnight Rowboat looks good. And you can see it's up there, Aaron, as well. And the stuff they've had on hand. They are moving into spring. They've got stuff in the works. But right now, you can go over there. You know, the snow is melted. You're getting tastes of spring before we have that false spring that always comes to Minnesota. And you'll have a blizzard in the next couple of weeks. So yeah. Get over there. Have a chance. Enjoy some great beer and fantastic company in Lake Monster Brewing. And with that, we now move into theme three. I love Duluth, Aaron. Aaron talked about growing up in Duluth. I've been there. Mm -hmm. Theme three, Quasi Speaks. Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> the combine is not just about watching 20-year-olds in shorts run around cones and catch footballs and throw footballs, Dave, but it's also a, a good time for, for fans of their favorite teams to uh, get uh, hear from their, their front office and their head coach and to try to uh, get and get a sense of what might be in store in free agency and in the draft for their teams because all the GMs and head coaches give pressers at the combine and they get asked a lot of questions about personnel and Kwesi Dofa Mensa had his earlier in the week. Kevin O'Connell also did his, but because Kwesi Dofa Mensa is the general manager and he's the guy who is ultimately responsible for personnel decisions. Uh, I wanted to focus on his presser and some of the things he said. And we, we, we know Dave that front office guys, the head coaches at these, at all these press conferences, uh, they're not going to tell you very much uh, unless they, they've got an agenda, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, they're, they're going to like give you baffle gab. 
uh, you know, say a lot and say nothing. Rick Spielman was a master at this. Yes, he was. <laughs> and, you know, 5,000 words and it didn't yeah. say a damn thing. Not a damn thing. Everything's going to be at the 50,000 foot level or higher when they're talking. Uh, and, and and there's good reasons for that. You don't want to tip off other teams as to what you're going to do in the draft or free agency. So they get a jump on you. You don't want to tip off to the potential free agents and their, and their financial advisors uh, that anything that could be used against you in negotiations. And, and officially and also, you're not tampering this time of year. So. Yeah, that's and that's another big part of it too, because you don't want to be in a situation where you lose draft picks or get fined because you tampered. Um, and the other thing is, you, you don't want to be seen as either making commitments or appear to be making commitments about players on your roster who you don't intend to keep or that you want to keep but you don't end up keeping for various reasons. So there's a there's a whole bunch of reasons why GMs and head coaches talk in very air, hairy, fairy at the pref conference, very much in generalities, don't get into a lot of specifics. If they do give you something that seems a little bit more detailed, you also got to take that in, uh, take that with a grain of salt because we're into smoke and mirror season here to the day where yes, uh, we are. You know, you're trying to throw teams off the scent of who you like and who you don't like and who you might pick and who you might go after in free agency. So, but be that as it may, Quasi Dofamensa did ask get asked a bunch of questions at the press and it ran about 16 minutes roughly uh some of them were personnel and so what i thought would be fun to do is that uh take a few select quotes from his press conference you were going to run up what he said and then i would try to interpret actually what he meant from those things (laughs) uh and uh the first one you got it up there in the nfl you have a lot of constraints quasi said salary cap different things we're going to try to figure out how we can operate in those things. And before that, he also said that, and this was asked about basically the future of Dalvin Cook. Uh, and he, and Quasey said, he's a great, well, start off, he's a great person, great player. And then he went in and said all this sort of stuff. What I think Quasey Dilfa meant when he said that was, hey, I'm going to say some nice things about Dalvin because I'm trying to get him to take a huge pay cut to stay on my team. But there's no way he's coming back at 14 million cap hit. And, uh, and, and so I got to figure out some things there. And hey, how does Ty Chandler sound for you as our starting <laughs> starting running back in 2023? Um, that's that's kind of my joking way of what I think he meant when he said what he when he said what he actually said. And I think it was really it's it, it's telling to me that uh, he gets asked about Dalvin Cook's future, and he doesn't really. And Dalvin Cook, who is under contract for the next three years, he does not say Dalvin Cook is a key guy in our. Uh, for 2023 he's a key part of what we're we do on offense and what we're going to do in 2023 he didn't say any of that stuff none of it whatsoever and i think that quasi is putting some distance between him and the vikings and dalvin cook for that time in a couple of weeks when they release dalvin cook and fans go apeshit because we've released dalvin cook uh so that is my prediction and that's what i think Reading between the lines, that's what I think he was actually meaning when he said what he said about Dalvin Cook. I agree with you 100%. That brings us to the next quote. He got asked about linebackers, Dave. So he said, we have a lot of confidence in Brian Asamoah. Troy Dye is a great player. Really, Quasey? Troy Dye is a great player? Okay. William Kwaku showed some, some really good things on special teams. We're going to look at it. We've got some decisions to make like everybody else does there. 
So that's what he said. What Kwesi meant, I think, when he said that is basically Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, it's not personal. This is just business. But pack your bags because you're not back with the Vikings in 2023. Uh, I think that's what he meant. And I think it's really telling that you get asked about the linebackers and Kwesi Dofamensa does not even mention Eric Kendricks or Jordan Hicks. You're two starting inside linebackers from 2022. Doesn't say anything about them at all. Instead, you bring up specifically go out of your way to mention three guys that were backups to your starters in 2022, 2023. And that's this isn't really a hot take day because it's been discussed and everybody knows their salary cap numbers, their age numbers of Kendricks and Hicks, and that they're likely to be cap casualties because of our salary cap situation. But I think this just reinforces what we already think. And the fact that if you're wondering, okay, well, who's going to be the starters if they get let go of both of those guys? Well, Kwesi Dofa-Mensa, the first guy he mentioned was Brian Asamoa. I think mm-hmm. so. so I think that, again, is a great indication that Asamoah will be one of the starting inside linebackers for the Vikings in 2023. Again, not a big hot take there. That's also been written about, speculated mm-hmm. for several weeks. But just, again, reading the tea leaves here on from Kwesi <laughs> Somebody Dofa-Mensa. gave us a thumbs down. We appreciate that. Any reaction always helps. And I was about to say, we talk every show that you and I have been commenting publicly on this team for over two decades apiece. We've been watching this team a lot longer than that. We can sort of read the tea leaves when a GM says something like this and omits somebody. That generally means something. And in this case, I think you nailed it when it comes to the linebackers. Now, going to move on to the third. Next one. Dalvin Tomlins. Yes. This one is where it's different. Much different. Got asked about Dalvin Tomlinson and the when they ex- adjusted the void date of his contract for March to move it to March 15th. And Quasi Dofamensa goes, we love Dalvin. When you have a good player and good people in your building, you do you want to do whatever you can to keep him. We're trying to buy ourselves more time. He's a great guy, great player. We love him. And so that's what Quasi said. What what I think it what he meant when he said that is that Brian, this is what I think he meant when he said that. Brian Flores, whatever Brian Flores wants, he gets. And Brian Flores wants Dalvin Tomlinson on his defense in 2023. So I'm gonna be saying some, I'm gonna be pumping Dalvin's tires publicly right now so I can get him and soften up him and his agent so that they'll extend with the Vikings at a price that I'm comfortable with. That's yes. what I think he meant. It's show him the report card where everything is so great in Minnesota. We take care of the family. We got great facilities. Even our, you know, nutritional staff uh, is rated A, even though it's an A minus. And if you were the one voted A minus, tell us what you want. We'll make that as well. Just come here. We love you, Dalvin. And you forgot the one part where he talked about promoting Dalvin's shoes. Right, I guess he has a sneaker or something that he would even wear those and promote those. If that's not a tell, I don't know what is. Yeah, those are pretty strong words at a time of the year where you're not really saying you're trying to keep things close to your chest and close to the vest, but pretty strong words about Dalvin Tomlinson, about his importance to the Vikings defense in last year and this year. And I think, again, um, we talked about how things were looking good last week for Tomlinson to come back to the Vikings because they'd 
you know, they bought themselves a little bit extra time to work on the contract for him. And again, when your GM saying this much positive about a guy that they're currently in negotiations with, um, seems like the odds are pretty good that Dalvin Tomlinson, who is one of the best players on a very bad Vikings defense last year, that, that Tomlinson is going to be back in 2023 and coached by Brian Flores, uh, which on a, on a defense that we hope is going to be vastly improved from what we saw last year. And getting Dalvin Tomlinson back, I think, is a, is a good step in, in that direction. I agree wholeheartedly. Now we'll go to the next quote. About the man we talked about earlier, Mr. Kirk Cousins. Yes. So Quasey got asked about, I don't know, think can't remember if he got asked specifically about Cousins, but, but anyway, we talk about necessary conditions. And if one of the necessary conditions is starting level quarterback. Kirk meets that threshold. Now, how long he meets that threshold, those are things that we've got to answer. But uh, that was the interesting part of that sentence. How yeah. long does he meet that threshold? Yes. And then he talked about is there a chance to bring somebody in with different skill set? So that's what Quasi said. What I think he Mobile meant by quarterback. That, yes. Yes. What I think he meant by that was saying what he meant when he said that was. Hey, guys, everybody freaked out last year when I said that Kirk Cousins was a good quarterback but not an elite guy like Tom Brady. Well, this year I said basically the same thing, and everybody's okay with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and, hey, by the way, Viking fans, I am in the market for a, a new future franchise quarterback, and I may even pick him in this draft. <laughs> so I think that's what he meant. And that's an important, even, even though I believe that the Vikings are going to extend, that is going to extend Cousins a little bit longer to buy himself some time to find that franchise guy. I, 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 I think like you, it's pretty intriguing that he would say yet again, Hey, Kirk Cousins, I like him. He's a good quarterback, but you know, I'm looking, we could do better. That's kind of basically what he's saying. And not only could we do better, but I am looking to get better. And that if we got a chance to bring in somebody with a different skill set, i.e. more mobile in particular, uh, we'll do that. And that could happen. And if we're, we're wondering about timeframes, when are the Vikings going to have that succession plan at quarterback? When are they going to really draft somebody, a quarterback early to, to replace Cousins eventually, whenever that is? Well, I don't see it happening in the first round this year, but... Quasey has already said, uh, put the feelers out there. If you read between the tea leaves, he's looking. And if there's a guy, wherever the Vikings pick first in April, if there's a guy that they like, they may just well pull the trigger on that quarterback. Or trade. We know they like Trey Lance. So mm -hmm. I, all, I want Anthony Richardson. That's my dream. That's what I've been crying in my whiskey all afternoon when he's doing so well. I would be happy with Trey Lance. Bring, you know, he's one of us. Bring him home. Who knows what happens in the next few weeks in the run-up to the draft. We'll find out. That's what makes this all so exciting. It's just we don't know. We know as fans who we want, who we'd like. We aren't crazy, but some of the things he said that you highlighted, you know, point to some of the things we're thinking. And we wonder, mm -hmm. hmm, could it be? Who knows? Yeah. We will not find out. Yes, Davy Chains, we need a smart mobile quarterback, period. Yes, 100 agree. Um, 
And Aaron says, don't pay $40 million for a year. Um, I agree with you on that 100%. He's on that downside. Why would you pay for something you know you probably aren't going to get? So, um, uh, B. Young says, trade up for Richardson or Levis. We'll see what happens. We don't know. That's what makes this all so exciting. And climb in the pocket. However, it will not be named climb in the pocket by the time we get to the draft. We'll tell you what the new name is coming up shortly in the near future. We'll be there for you with live draft coverage, and we'll be there to follow up. And here, there's been a trade. The Vikings are on the clock. And we'll be there live to tell you all what's going on. You turn, you, know, you have ESPN on or NFL Network, and the volume down, listen to us as we all get exciting with you because we're fans. We're fans. Darren and I have been writing about this team longer than two decades apiece. We'll be sitting there with experts behind us. We've got a ton in the stable. We know a boatload of them. Be able to talk to you what happens when all that hits, you know, the go button. First, we have free agency, but then we have the draft, and it is going to be a blast. Aaron said it was fun last year. It's a lot of hours, but it's a great time. And of course, we wrap up with all the beat writers on day three, but I guarantee you it's going to be a blast this year as we come up and see what exactly. Does the new regime, Quasi and Kevin, do this season? Because last year was sort of, well, let's run it back to make sure it was the coach. Well, they ran it back to make sure it was the coach. Obviously, they did better, 13 wins. Now it's, well, let's give these guys the reins to build the next Vikings dynasty, hopefully. Let's see what happens. That's it. That's what we've got today. Any last words there, Darren? Um, well, we, you touched on it briefly, Dave, and we, we didn't get a chance because there was a lot to get to. But a uh, little interesting factoid this week about the Patrick Peterson development that uh, that that Flores is in, supposedly is interested in bringing him back. And that uh, I think Peterson was always interested in coming back to Minnesota. He really likes it here, but I didn't really feel, and you didn't really feel that he was a good fit with the Brian Flores defense. Maybe Brian Flores feels differently. It's certainly, if, if you look at Peterson, he's such a veteran guy. Maybe Flores feels that you know he's smart enough and and savvy enough that he can succeed in any defense I run. I, don't uh, know. I have a question for you on that one. Mm-hmm. Is he thinking of moving him to safety? Oh, that's what I joked about. Uh, and that it's would a, be kind it's of a the progression that a lot of cornerbacks make when they get older. Could he yeah. be good, very good in his safety and the on field coach thing? I think uh, many years ago, maybe people don't remember this, but the Vikings remember the Corey Chavis. They, they signed him as a cornerback. He, they moved him to safety after, I think, a year. Uh, and uh, Chavis was okay in that thing. But but I think that uh, it safety really works well for Peterson because, again, uh, the way safeties, even if, if under four is if a safety's more in the box than they were with Donatello, you're still your back more and you're, you're seeing more of the field. You're not playing guys, 
you know, man on man and got your back turned to the players and the quarterback as much. That is something that really worked for Patrick Peterson this year in the Ed Donatel system. Probably the only guy who actually was better in that system than he was <laughs> the previous year. So I think safety, he he's smart enough. He's, uh, he's savvy enough. And it kind of fits what he did well with the Vikings heavy zone coverages this a lot of the previous year under Dabtel. I think that he would thrive as a safety. Um, I, I think the only concern would be that uh, he's not really a really enthusiastic tackler. <laughs> yeah. Might be the best, well, way, best hey, way to put it. We'll see. I, you know, I still want Harrison um, Smith up in the box, put him back, have him because he's so good at reading defenses or reading offenses and knowing what routes are going to be run. Yeah. I, I think it could work because I think it, at cornerback, yes, he can play corner. He's He was the typical man on corner in his youth and so good, and he's going to go into the Hall of Fame because literally he was that good. But last year he moved back more in his zone, and that suited him because he's gotten older. We talk about age with Kirk Cousins. Age with corner plays the same way. If you move him back even further into safety, I think that would benefit the team. And I'm warming up to that idea. I think it may work. Um, Lewis Seen being your uh, your almost nickel hybrid type that goes there, uh, hybrid safety linebacker. Um, I think Flores can make some things really magical on that back end if they mm-hmm. did that. So I'm curious. And like I said, that report card, that means something. He wants to stay in Minnesota because he likes being in Minnesota. Part of that is all those things that, you know, the Vikings are so good at. And then the Vikings safety position is quite unsettled. Like is Harrison Smith coming back? He's got a contract to a high cap number. Cam Bynum really wasn't very good last year. Was, you could look yeah. to up you I mean you could look to upgrade there. Lewis Seen is a huge question mark because he didn't really really impress when he was healthy, but he wasn't healthy for very long either. But he's got great athletic talent. And then Josh Metellus is a guy who's played pretty well when he got to play, but do you really trust him to play a larger role in the defense and be like a, a, a starting safety if it came to that? So moving moving Peterson, uh, a vet who can, again, smart, savvy, and could handle a transition, uh, it might make sense, depending on what they do at the position and what they feel about the players that they already have, which, like all these other things, we don't really know. We're just speculating. But that's what we do here, Dave. We speculate a lot. Yes, but it's educational or educated yes. speculation because yeah. we have studied this for so long. That's why we're the old guys. We bring you this week in Vikings land. We are the guys that bring you the long-form, in-depth show. Not that you can't find almost anywhere else. We write, recap what happens during the week, and we bring you – expert commentary on that. That's what we do. We have fun doing it. Why? Because Darren's a great guy. That's got to be the reason. <laughs> what do we say, buddy? We say, well, after that, uh, anyway, we say, Skull Vikings, baby. See you here Thanks next for week. watching, everybody. You've been great in commenting. We love you. If you would like, hit like, subscribe, and ring the bell. That always helps. 
we have more exciting news coming, so stay tuned. Until then, enjoy your weekend, enjoy your friends, have great food, great beverage, and Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.